ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. I'm going to talk about something that we all have in common. Credit. But before I get started, I want to tell you a little story. This story goes back, back to the fall of. Actually, it wasn't a fall. It was the spring of 1993. I'm on the campus of South Carolina State University, right? Chilling and everything's going good. Playing football. Grades are pretty good, I guess. <laughs> Could be better. Um, I was single. Uh, so I'm on the campus, you know, just having a good time. And I remember one day there was uh, these vendors that came on the campus, right? And so they were offering these things and selling things or whatever like that. And there was a vendor for a department store called Riches. And I wander over. (laughs) They had a little table set up in the student center. And... uh, the lady said, well, hey, you can sign up for a Rich's credit card. Word? Credit card? That's what I was thinking to myself. Like, do I really need a Rich's credit card? But then I remember maybe a week prior to them coming, I had been in Rich's department store. And I remember they had some dope polo shirts and dope polo jackets and I just (laughs) I just bought a pair of these polo boots so I had the polo boots that go along with my polo jeans and I had a couple of polo shirts but what really would have set it off was this polo jacket that I saw and I mean you know me I mean this is this is the 90s so you know I was (laughs) I was polo from head to toe. (laughs) So anyway, I wander over and this lady says, well, hey, you know, you can sign up for Richard's credit card. So I was like, okay. So I signed up. I said, well, what do I need to do? And she was like, nothing. Just, you know, fill out the information, whatever, whatever. So I fill out the information. She doesn't even tell me that they're pulling my credit. But I just assumed that I would be getting a Richard's credit card. Not only did I get a Rich's credit card, but I got a Rich's coffee mug and a free T-shirt. All just for signing up for a Rich's credit card. And I'll never forget it because the balance was five hundred dollars. Right. So it was it was dope. I mean, like I was like, whoa, this is crazy. This is my first credit card. Now, prior to signing up for this card. I didn't know much about credit. In fact, I knew very little about credit. Um, I remember having conversations with my mom about credit and credit cards in particular. And she said, don't get credit cards. And that was it. (laughs) She said, stay away from credit cards. And so I was like, you know, but she never said why or anything like that. And she never explained to me what credit was or how credit worked. All I knew is that 
you know, I would get a card and I figured that, you know, once I got the card, you swipe it and get what you want and you pay for it later. I got the, you know, I I, I got the gist of credit. I mean, come on. I was a, I was a marketing major. <laughs> Nonetheless, so a uh, couple of weeks pass and lo and behold, here comes the credit card. So I get the credit card and it's dope. And I'm like, yo, I got to go to Riches. So jump in the car, ride to the Riches and soon as i walk into the department store i see the dope polo jacket it's a blue jacket navy blue joint with the 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 gold polo logo and i mean it was so cold man i was like yo this is gonna be fresh i had the the boots the jeans the hat everything i was gonna be (laughs) i was gonna be styling at the parties so anyway so i so i bought the jacket the jacket was like I want to say after and I bought I bought the jacket and a couple of shirts. So I think my total purchases were it came up to like three hundred fifty dollars. Right. And my max, my my limit on the credit card is five hundred dollars. So I didn't even go over the max. So I'm feeling good and I'm happy. I'm like, yo, I got me a jacket, got shirts. I'm going to be dope. I'm going to be fresh. And so this is the spring. So if you're familiar with college um, and on the campus of South Carolina State University, uh, you may or may not stay in the same dorm the next year. So I was ending that particular year going into another year and I was actually going to be moving dorms. Well, when I filled out the, the application, it asked for my address. So I put the address in the dorm that I was in. And I didn't think, okay, well, maybe I should put my mom's address back home (laughs) or a, you know, a permanent address. But I didn't. So I bought the jacket, bought the shirts and I went on about my business. And so what happened was (laughs) I wore this jacket twice. And before the third time that I could wear this jacket, I was washing clothes one day and I accidentally spilled bleach on the blue polo jacket. Brand new polo jacket spilled bleach on it. So it's got this huge white stain on it. The jacket is fucked up. (laughs) There's nothing I can do with the jacket. So I'm pissed. I've dropped this money on this jacket and I can't even wear it. So anyway, fast forward, the summer goes by or what have you, and I don't get a statement from Riches. So I don't know that a payment is due. You know, I guess they sent the information to uh, the address that they had, but I, I switched dorms. And so I never got a statement. Now, I know what you're thinking. You still got to pay it, right? Yeah, I still have to pay it. But a college student, I mean, I'm not even thinking about paying anything because up until that point in my life, I had never paid a bill. So <laughs> like most kids, I kept it moving. <laughs> I wasn't worried about no bills. So this Rich's department store card never got paid never got paid right and because 
I never, you know, applied for anything or needed anything credit wise. I'd forgotten about it. I literally had forgotten about it until (laughs) the day that my wife and I apply to buy our home, the house that we're currently living in. And this is years. I mean, this is like this might be 10 years later. And we go, you know, we find the house, love the house, fell in love with the house. The minute that my wife is as soon as she walked in and she fell in love with the house. So I was like, okay, bet we're going to get this house right here. And so everything's good. Talking to the loan officer and, you know, they do the application. They pull my credit. They said, well, you know, Mr. 12, (laughs) we have a uh, we have an issue here with your credit. I was like, what do you mean? What, what issue? I mean, I pay my bills, you know, and keep in mind, I had already rented two apartments prior to that. And nobody never said anything about this riches card. Well, this riches card is now on my credit showing delinquent for $500. And the loan officer tells me this and I'm like, he's, he said, well, you, you have a, uh, you have a, a charge off here on your, on your account. I said, charge off for what? And I'm starting to get I'm starting to get mad because I'm like, I didn't charge anything off. He was like, well, it's with, uh, I don't know, let's just say Acme Services. And I'm like, I don't owe Acme Services. This must be some type of mistake. And he said, well, let me dig a little bit and I'll call you back. And so he started, you know, because what happened was the credit card charged off and got sent to a collections agency. And. You know, the only information they had was my address and my phone number, both of which had changed. Right. So. Here it is, I'm about to buy my dream home and I owe five hundred dollars. And so he called me back and he said, well, hey, I found out what it was. It was a a riches card. (laughs) If you could have seen my face when he said it was a riches card, because then all I could think about was that damn jacket and that bleach, <laughs> the jacket that I only got a chance to wear two times. So long story short, I had to pay for it. I had to pay it before I could you know, actually purchase my house. But I said all of that to say this, you know, credit is important. Um, as some of you know, most of you don't know because I don't talk about it. Um, I actually work in credit. What? No, <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a debt collector. Uh, what I am is I'm a senior mortgage underwriter and I've been doing I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. So long story short, a senior mortgage underwriter is the guy or girl or man or woman who will look at your mortgage loan application and basically figure out if you're credit worthy to uh, purchase a home or refinance a home. And if you are, give you the thumbs up. If you're not, give you the thumbs down. Pretty simple, right? So I've been doing this. So I look at credit reports every single day. Um, And I've seen my fair share of credit reports that have, you know, made my head spin and others that have made me scratch my head. But credit is something that um, not a lot of people talk about. And quite honestly, I think it's something that we need to have a conversation about because it's something that we all have. 
but nobody wants to talk about it. And the reason being is that people are very secretive about their credit scores and they're very secretive about, you know, what their credit looks like and all of these things. And I get it to some degree. I mean, like if you ask someone about their credit, it's almost like asking someone how, about how much money they make. You know, there, there, there's very few places where you can go where you can ask somebody, yo, how much you make? <laughs> I mean, just try it. The next person that you walk into or next friend that calls you, simply ask them, how much do you make? <laughs> People don't want to tell you how much they make and they definitely don't want to tell you what their credit score is or, you know, what their credit looks like. But to be honest, it's something that, again, that I think we need to talk about. Um, and that's the purpose of this podcast, man, just to kind of shed some light on some things. Uh, I get asked all the time, uh, you know, what is credit and how does it work and how is how is it calculated is probably the most frequent you know question that I'm asked. And um, I can honestly say after working and looking at credit reports for nearly the past 20 years. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not an exact science. I think most of you know, or if you don't know, you know, there's three major credit bureau reporting agencies. Uh, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And all three of these, they have their own means and ways of calculating a credit score. Um, now, here's my science. So grab your number two pencils so you can jot this down. Uh, from what I know, here's how it breaks down. 35% of your credit score is your payment history. So things that you are paying on, uh, currently and things that you paid on in the past. Uh, so for example, if you've had some bad credit history, like let's say a bankruptcy or judgments or collections or foreclosures, that is going to negatively affect your credit score. But your payment history comprises of 35% of your score. So obviously if you're paying on time, and you're paying in good faith or what have you, and uh, you're making at least your minimum payments that are due, that helps your score. Now, another percentage, 30% of your credit score will be based on the amounts that you owe. So this is where it gets kind of tricky because if you owe a lot, even though you're paying your bills on time, it could still hurt your score or maybe your score doesn't increase as fast. Uh, so what you want to do is you need to have some credit, but you don't need to have too much credit to where it looks like you are barely paying your bills. So that's 30 percent of your score. Then now you have 15 percent of your score and that will be based on the length of your credit history. Uh, this is key because it actually helps to have established debt and to keep it for a while. I know like a lot of people think that, okay, well, I got this, <laughs> I got this richest card. I'm going to open it in June and I'll pay it off in December. That doesn't necessarily help. It actually helps if you can open it in June and keep it for a year or two years and keep it open and keep paying on it. It actually helps your scoring. So the length of time that you actually have credit actually helps. Um, 
10% of the score is based on new credit. Uh, that is credit. New credit is basically credit that is that has been established within the past year. Um, you want to keep new credit at a minimum. Uh, I always tell people, get your credit pulled as little as possible um, because the inquiries that you have uh, will actually pile up. And they every time you get your credit pulled, your score goes down. Um, and then lastly, 10 percent of your score is based on the credit that you are using. Um, and this is kind of tricky, too, because Equifax, Experian and TransUnion all graded differently as far as the type of uh, credit that you're using. What I mean by that is whether or not you have uh, loans, whether or not you have uh, credit cards, open lines of credit, those type of things. Um, so all of that equals how the credit is actually scored. Um, as I mentioned, you want to do things to there's some do's and don'ts when it comes to credit. Um, do not, as I mentioned earlier, do not get your credit pull. You probably you probably should get your credit pull maybe twice a year, if that, but only apply for credit when it's absolutely necessary. If you if your car breaks down and you got to get a new car. OK, yeah, you got to get your credit pulled. So, that, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, however, one thing I caution people with is that when you're actually getting like less in the same uh, example, if you're trying to get a car, if John's <laughs> if John's Acura dealership has, you know, if you go there first and then you go to Ray's Honda's. And, and then you go to Teddy's Chevrolet's and you allow all three of those entities to pull your credit your credit probably got pulled nine times because each of those dealerships are probably going to pull it about three times. So your credit takes a major hit when you're either applying for a house or applying for a car. Obviously, those are the two biggest things because those are the two biggest debts that most of us will ever have. So while once you're once you have established your credit with a car note and a house note, uh, it also your credit also takes the biggest hit when you're actually applying for those things. Uh, my suggestion is, you know. And I know a lot of times people will say, oh, well, I was just shopping around trying to get the best deal. To be honest, you're not really going to get much of a difference in your scores and your rates um, if you jump from dealership to dealership. My advice, if Ray's got the Chevrolets that you want, go to him. If it's the Acuras that you want, go to that person. Like, just don't hop around because your credit's going to get pulled multiple times. And you won't feel you really won't feel the effect until you go apply for something else. Um, do check your credit. Do check your credit. You are uh, all consumers are eligible for at least one free credit report each year annually. Um, there's a site that I like to recommend annual annual credit report dot com. You can go there and look at your scores. Um, I think I think the scores are on there without a fee. I don't think you have to pay for a fee. If, if not, I think it's like ten dollars if you want to see your actual scores. But um, 
use that, but you can and should check your credit because especially in the days now of like when fraud is very prevalent, you need to see what's going on on your credit. Um, don't necessarily fall for credit scams. Uh, there are a lot of credit reporting agencies out there, a lot of, uh, you know, fix your credit type places. Um, are those places legit? Some of them. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I say that is because the way that credit works is that everything falls under the credit fair. I'm getting tongue tied. Fair Credit Act. Right. So what the one of the basis of the Fair Credit Act is that it says that you have to verify someone's information as they are applying for credit. So give you an example. So if I go to the local jewelry store and I want to buy my wife a, a bracelet or let's say I want to buy her a, her a new wedding ring. In essence, for me to apply for credit, they are really required to verify that I am who I say that I am, verify my income, verify my assets, verify everything. Most places don't do that. What they're going to do is just run my credit. And if my scores pop up and my name and they can and I can verify who I am with my driver's license, I'm good money. You know, there's nothing else happening beyond that. But however, where some credit repair uh places actually work and can fit in is that in that same scenario, if I'm not, if my, you know, if, if all of that stuff isn't verified, then they've basically bypassed a loophole. So there's a loophole in the fair credit act that you can basically fight and say, well, Hey, I didn't apply for this. Now, technically I did, but they don't know that. I mean, if, if it was never verified. So there's ways to get around certain things that appear on your credit report. Uh, I would before going to a credit repair place, I would search the validity of them and make sure that they are on the up and up. You know, just because your cousin June bug knows how to <laughs> how to change credit, uh, credit scores from 500 to 700. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you because a lot of times these places and people will require money up front and they're going to get your money. So I, I don't knock them per se. I just say, you know, make sure that you know what you're getting into when you get into those things. So um, what's a couple of the do's and don'ts? I think uh, the biggest thing is, like I said, just being aware of what's on your credit and and don't be afraid to you know, talk to people about credit and it's always good and to, to have those kind of conversations. Again, I wasn't someone who was told anything about credit. My mom just said, Hey, don't get a credit card. And that's all she, she said. And it, 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 the result was me getting a richest card to pay for a couple of shirts and a jacket that I only wore two times before I spilled bleach on it. Um, and I'm still mad about that. Um, <laughs> uh, couple other things obviously for your credit you want to pay on time paying on time is paramount uh you want to reduce your debt load it's okay to have debt but you what you have to do is you have to make sure that your debt does not exceed the income that you have coming in each month um ironically you want to be somewhere between 25 and I'd say maybe 35%. Um, 
as far as your DTI, what that is, the debt to income ratio. What that means is that's when credit companies or loan companies look at how much you make as opposed to how much you have, how, mu how much you make and how much you have coming in as opposed to how much you have going out. Um, and that's very you know, key. And the reason being is that it doesn't make any sense for you to, uh, I'll give you an example. Like if you go get a, I don't know, a Jaguar and your car note is $1,200, you probably aren't going to qualify for a mortgage that is, you know, $1,600 unless you make, I don't know, probably about eight, 9,000 a month because those are huge debts. So you can't, if you're making, let's say 5,000 a month and you've got, you know, let's say 2000 tied up or to, let's, let's say you got 2,500 tied up in your car and your house and your, uh, or your proposed payment for your house and your other debts, you're not going to qualify. You want your debt to income ratio to be somewhere between zero and 35%. You really don't want it any higher than that. Um, so in that case, you definitely want to reduce your debt load. Uh, you can do that over a period of time, you know, just picking out one or two debts and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm just going to pay these debts down. Um, you also want to limit the number of open accounts that you have. Uh, it's okay to have an open account that has a zero balance or has, has a $10 balance. I would recommend keeping, you know, some of those smaller credit cards that you want keeping them open, uh, but with very, very small balances that actually helps your credit score. Um, keep your old accounts. Uh, don't close them out unless you absolutely have to. These things actually help your scores. Even the old accounts that have a zero balance, keep them open. Uh, you actually hurt yourself a little bit by paying them off and closing them out as long as you don't have too many. Um, one thing you have to avoid at all costs, which is very, very hard for some people to do. Um, and what I ran into is tr do not max out your accounts. And that's what I did with the richest card. I maxed it out. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I had like a hundred dollars left, but it was pretty much maxed out. And again, I'm still not, I still don't understand why riches gave a college student who didn't have a job, didn't have any income, didn't have any means of paying it back a $500 credit card with a bad address. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying that's just hustling backwards. If you ask me, um, what else? Um, oh, don't try, try to avoid uh, balance transfers. Those don't necessarily help your credit score either. Um, and I know a lot of times people, you know, when they have hardships or things that happen, uh, maybe a foreclosure, bankruptcy, things of that nature, uh, reestablishing credit. Reestablishing credit is some is probably one of the hardest things to do because it, you need credit to reestablish credit. <laughs> and a lot of times places aren't willing to be the ones to help you reestablish that credit. But that's something that is very necessary and very paramount for you to get you get to where you want to be. Um, idealistically, uh, you know, credit scores run from, I don't know what is 300 to 850. Uh, perfect credit would be anywhere between eight and 850. Um, 
honestly, I look at credit every day, and the people who normally have credit scores around between 8 and 850 are old people. I hate to break it to you, but this is open now. And I'm not saying like you can't. I'm not saying you can be twenty. You can't be twenty five and have an eight hundred credit score because you can. And I see it too. But more often than not, man, it's the old people, man. It's the people who've been around for a long time, man. They, and they don't have a lot of debt, you know. So, um, but that's not to say that you can't get an eight hundred credit score. A uh, good credit, really good credit, is between seven and seven, seven, seven hundred, eight hundred. Um, decent credit is between six and 700. And, um, you know, if it's, if your credit's between 500 and 600, you need some work, you know, and, but the cool part about it is, is that if you make the dedication to improving your credit, you can, um, just on a personal note, I don't have a lot of credit. I, I try to keep stuff at a minimum. I don't normally when I get stuff, I'd rather pay for it than ca- for cash, uh, as opposed to financing. Um, I've got student loans that I'm probably never going to pay back. <laughs> now, let me stop. <laughs> I'm going to pay them back, man. I'm paying them back. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm concerned and always, you know, checking my credit and things of that nature, too. So it's something that, that given the fact that I'm in credit, uh, it's something that I try to stay on top of. Uh, and it's something that I'm cognizant of, you know, particularly in my line of work. Uh, and then also, you know, one thing that, you know, people really don't understand is depending on what line of work that you're in, they may require that you get a credit check, you know, in order for you to get a job. Uh, And you don't want your credit to be the reason that you don't get a job. But I've always found it interesting that, like, I I remember um, applying for this job and I got the job and they said, well, hey, well, we just need to pull your credit. I was like, okay, you pull it, it's fine. (laughs) But they didn't want to drug test me. I'm like, (laughs) so wait a minute. If I have good credit, I can get this job. But you don't care if I smoke dope. <laughs> you don't care if I snort cocaine. Uh, but that's another story for another day. Anyway, like I said, I just wanted to come on here and just kind of break it down. Um, credit is something that, uh, again, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain the ins and outs of it. Hopefully I gave you a little bit of insight on it. Um, I know a lot of times on this podcast, I'm talking about music or talking about, you know, shenanigans and all kind of crazy stuff but i wanted to be a little informational this time um and you know on the real if you have any questions about credit because it's something that i see and something that i do every day uh feel free to hit me up i'll answer any questions uh if i can't answer them i can definitely point you in the right direction uh i can't um approve your loan (laughs) because nine times out of 10, if, if you send your information to my firm in in trying to get a house, it's probably not going to come across my desk. Uh, nonetheless, uh, want to thank you all for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.